0: Podcast listeners, you're listening to another episode of The Long Journey Home. I'm your host, Corbin Johnson. So Sunday, always Sundays. We always have our tournaments on Sundays out here. We had another first edition tournament, and it was nice to play some OTF after. Gosh, I haven't played OTF in a long time. Just don't have time for online play, so it's a treat for me to get to play some OTF. Always in person. So. Yeah. Anyway, so I thought I would take the time to discuss that tournament, discuss what I learned and uh, yeah. So great. So we had four players and we had to kind of bribe one of our two E players to come play OTF. He was he was okay with it. He just wanted to hang out and have some fun. Um, he, you know, he did he did fairly well for himself actually. So, um, sorry, there was a cop, and I freak out whenever I see cops. Uh, the uh, joys of podcasting while driving. All right. So, yes, uh, so we got him to come. He was, he was in the area, so he said, yeah, sure. So, came down. I built him a deck, built him a little fed continuing mission thing. Um, little 30-card deck. Marked all the cards to say, you know, if it's a seed card or goes in the tent or... Where it should be, and I find you know that that right there actually is um, a wonderful thing, and I I, I, can, I plan to do it with every deck I build from now on. And I'm going to mark my combos. I'm going to mark my tent cards. I'm going to mark anything that you know seed cards, and this is because. I'm sorry, but 1E has gotten so incredibly complicated. I kind of want to talk about that. And this this is, you know, mostly Decipher's doing. I'm not blaming the continuing mission for making 1E a more complicated game by any stretch of the term. In fact, continuing mission has gone above and beyond to make the game simpler. And the continuing mission, I'm sorry, the continuing committee has pretty much been pledged to making 1E simpler. Uh you can listen to my ban list rant and that sort of thing for how the the sort of plan the continuing committee has to make 1e a little bit more streamlined at the end of the day 1e is just a very convoluted game and near the end of my third game it was so convoluted I was just like just take your turn I don't want to deal with this I mean, at some point it's not that I gave up but it was, I didn't have the desire to explore the rest of my options at that time. And anyway, so, so, yeah, Saturday, right? So I, our 1E scene out here, you know, we did get, we did tie the regional record for 2013 for a number of 1E players to show up to a regional, which was 10, which is fantastic. But we played a very attractive format, a 1E Warp Speed Sealed. Very easy to learn. You could you could just show up and play that, to be quite honest. Uh, of course, some rules questions would come up, but you, if you have a heartbeat and a desire to play anything related to Star Trek, you can play Voyager Warp Speed right out of the box. I argue it's even simpler than a block starter. So, anyway. So, I, we, we all, I, so Saturday, right, uh, I, I got a phone call on Friday from the 2e player saying I can, I can come, can we, you know, you still won't have this 1e tournament, I was like, ah, absolutely, so we have, two, cause we have two 1e regulars who are free more or less whenever, we've got one 1e regular that has, usually works the weekends, so, and that leaves me and any 2e players we can snipe to play 1e. <laughs> So I get the call, I call everyone, they say, yep, let's do it, let's do it on Sunday. So we did. So Saturday I spent, I literally spent six hours trying to build a new OTF deck. I want, when I play OTF, I want to do something creative, either creative or competitive. So unlike TUI where I feel free to net deck and just take the strongest builds and come bring them, I do that because I feel I'm a bit inexperienced in 2E. I've only been playing two years. So I'll take whatever I can find that looks pretty good and bring it and probably not win with it. So I'm okay with that. I find that as a learning experience. And if I win with it, all the better. So in 1E, I've been playing for over a decade. I don't feel that that's the best use of my time. I feel I know 1E fairly well. I feel. I've played a lot, so my goals in 1e are a lot different than my goals in 2e. My goals in one are to have an enjoyable time and to try something new usually. Now I think I broke both those rules <laughs> for this tournament, but I did not break those rules for the deck I was attempting to build. I've, I've always been interested in 1e with its ability to find draws and free plays in strange or less than perfect places. So draw draw engines in 1E are a lot easier to figure out, I think, than play engine. No, it's really the other way around. But so so my favorite play engine in one e is nanoprobe resuscitation and one of my second favorites is in the bag. And people are like, what? Huh? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You get a blue Borg into play. You use something less than ideal to play uh, to discard a personnel during your turn, sometime, and then you play Nanoprocess Station, get that guy to your blue Borg. So you can't you can't build a deck that just does that though, because that's only one free play. And I guess people say that you know, one E is about three, three and three, three free plays, three draws every turn, and that's the baseline. And I think you can get decks up higher, but then it's more moving parts and a little trickier. Anyway, so station that's my favorite play engine because anyone can use it, except the board. Well, even the board can use it, huh? So anyone can use it. All right, so that's good. And then my favorite, my second favorite one, although it's a lot harder to pull off, is in the bag using a Dominion, you know, somewhere where you can play equipment for free. Impach Noor, get a bunch of equipment out, or you use the Dominion Outpost with a ultimatum, get that in your Alpha Quadrant or something, and you play a free equipment there. So, and then you play in the bag and you exchange an equipment for a Changeling. And you do this as many times as you want. Uh, other more normal mentions are the walls have Ears to get a Changeling into play on your opponent's ship. So, I wanted to combine all three of these into some angry Alpha Quadrant Dominion deck. And I ended up dropping in the bag because getting all the equipment and all that would make for make it, <laughs> would make it an already large deck even larger. And I, I do, I've played against builds like this that were pretty slim, 45, 50 cards. And I, I think that's maybe the goal to do here. But I was putting, I'd like to pull off all the things I wanted to do which is you know a terrible habit of mine in 1e is to lack focus and i feel that that is probably a common theme amongst most 1e players you want to do to get to that three free play engines and three free draws every turn you look for weird things like i've been discussing and you lose focus and then you go "Oh well uh... so now my deck's 100 cards, now what do I do? Well, you play it and you'll probably do okay. <laughs> or or you go, oh wow, that's obscene, I need to fix this. So I tried it and whatever, it was this and you, know, you board your opponent's ship to get your free changeling out and it was just a big mosh of nastiness. You board your opponent's ship, you battle them, you capture them and everyone has a bad time because you're only playing two cards for free every turn. And your opponent's giving up everyone, unless they're playing the Delta Quadrant, in which case you're hosed. So, yeah. So I scrapped the build. It took me six hours to build, and uh, it kind of discouraged me. So it's it's moments like that that you kind of have to persevere through perseverance. Uh, the key word of One-E <laughs> might might as well be right. Uh, the word that defines One-E is perseverance, because. Not only do 1e games take longer, but when you want to actually get better at 1e, and it's getting harder and harder to find players, and you want to get better at the game, it's very hard. You're spending an hour and a half playing games, or an hour and fifteen minutes to play a game. And then you go, oh, well, I either need to completely scrap this deck or add just a few things, and then you, by the time you're done, usually, after I play just one game of 1e, I'm pretty exhausted. I don't know about you. So, you know, you get through a tournament, you've played three games, you get some sense of what your deck needs and what your deck is doing, and that's fine. Eventually, you get a nice, happy deck, and then you go, oh, well, either your fellow players kind of get bored of facing the same old deck every time, or you want achievements, so you want to get a new deck, but then you go online, you build something, and you go, why isn't this player using these cards? I mean, they could drastically improve this build, couldn't they? And then you're like, well, but they built it for a certain reason. So, you, you start second guessing yourself and you go, I don't know, you know? Or then you go, oh, well, how about a deck like this that someone's no built before? Kind of like the Dominion thing that I was talking about. And although someone has built something like it, uh, you want to put your own unique spin on it. You're like, well, they should be using this free play engine or this draw engine. You go, oh, well. And then, and then you got to build the deck, and when he's got so many moving parts, you've got to find all the things, you got to print all the things, and wow, it is perseverance to become. Good at 1e. So at the end of the day, I just rebuilt my Herogen Delta Quadrant deck because I know it's a good deck, and uh, and I I felt bad, right? I was like, please beat me. This deck is broken. And uh, someone, you know, I, finally the 2e player came. And finally, did beat it. Base. I'm not gonna say it's because I gave up. You know, he did play very well. He has a very good build, but I was like, oh, can we just end this now? I now I'm not trying to say I hate one I might have just not been in the right mood and maybe spending all that time the day before to build a deck that was just So anyway, so the tournament. It was it was great. I I do love that there are people still passionate about this game and still love the game. So it was fun to meet up and just play some money. So, my first opponent, right, uh, played against Mike Moscop, who had, had a Terran Empire build, one of my favorite affiliations of all time. And he was, it was a little slow to start, and looked like he had a pretty solid build going on Bajoran Resistance, Terran Empire. Just not getting what he needed. Not enough people. Got got, got it kind of going near the end, but my dilemma shut him down, so... My... I, 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 he put out UR Monuments, I scored 140 points using... I got to solve four missions. So, yeah, that's Delta Quadrant Brokenness for you. So, yeah, good game. What did I learn from this? Don't bring Herogen to a local tournament, I guess. Uh, no that 's you know bring whatever you want, of course, and be gracious when you win, be gracious if you lose Moscow of course was mike 's very nice guy, of course we had we had, a, we had a jolly good time, jolly good time, so yeah, uh, I played Ed next, he brought federation flagship relaunch, or renewed or whatever the enterprise Z deck is pretty standard, niche, and trying to harness particle, or, yeah, harness particle, no, uh, collect metaphysic particles. A lot of particle harnessing and money. So, yeah, he, it, it was a very solid build. I, I thought he was going to take the game, actually. He, he needed one more turn, I think, and he could have done it. Just pile through uh, Insurrection and have at it. Uh, I made a lot of mistakes that game. Uh, I think Ed, Ed did fine, I did, I, what does God need with a starship for a Phoenix at one point, and I put it as a space mission, and I'm like, and I hit a dead end with 45 points, um, and I thought I had 55, and he's like, so I said, oh, that was supposed to go to planet mission, and so Ed kind of gave me a choice, he said, well, you know, I, I'll let you move it. And then I was like, oh, that's very gracious of you. Uh, But if I do this, I will solve the mission and be up to 95, because you do not have a queue the ref out. Therefore, you cannot get out in the zone. So uh, well, he, he was awfully generous and let me move the Phoenix. So I took advantage of it and went and got 95 points in one turn. Ridiculous, or I think it was up to 100 points at that point. Uh, Two space missions. So I did not win at that moment. And I I don't feel quite as bad, because as it turned out, two turns later, I was still unable to solve my third mission. And I would... I think think the next turn I went and solved a, a... a mission for some number of points and use that to that would have been enough to get back to the dead end mission on the next turn so the Phoenix ended up not mattering I believe in the end so I didn't feel quite as bad <laughs> for uh, using Ed's generosity Ed, uh, Ed made a a very poignant remark during game he said that I'd rather lose to a player playing at full capacity or even who should be playing at full capacity rather than win or even lose against a player, you know, kind of giving, slacking and letting the opponent win, that sort of thing. So, you know, that that's wonderful that's that's a great attitude for all of us to have we should embrace losing we should embrace losing as a learning experience and take those lessons and become better players ed was fantastic opponent i i you know I, was, I felt like i was a bit of a jerk to him early in the game uh, he had he wasn't <laughs> i'm not even going to explain it uh, he, he, was, he was doing things perfectly fine. I understood uh, later on. I just was completely uh, too amped up, too in the moment, kind of trying to figure out a situation and go, oh, you're not doing things like you should be. And he's like, okay, why aren't you doing them that way? Because um, you should do things that way. I was, I, that was a big jerk to him, so I felt very bad later on. So, uh, that was very, I, I apologize, <laughs> I, I, you know, we, we were fine by the end of the game, everything was fine, but I just was very acting out of character. Uh, 1E will do that to me, I get very passionate about the game, and I want, I guess I want others to feel the passion I want, but at the same time, we all have our own, and I don't i it sounds so stupid, we all kind of have our own one journey to go through, We've, for us, 1e players. 1e means different things to all of us, so we play it for different reasons, and we all kind of have to respect how and why we play the game at the end of the day. That's fine. It's good. Keeps the game alive. Keeps it variety up and keeps it fresh. (sighs) So, that brings me to my last game versus uh, Eric, our our 2e player. He came, he took my, I I explained (laughs) for a for a 30 card, this is kind of funny, for a 30 card continuing mission, uh, finest crew in the fleet deck, boy did I have a lot of explaining to do <laughs> when he came. He came and I took 10 minutes, it took a whole 10 minutes for me to be like, this is how you play it, these are the things that can come up, because I threw a lot of jank in there. I threw like a scout, scout encounter in there with a with a... Uh, the quantum singularity life forms. I threw some other janky dilemma combo in there. Oh, I told him you need to get Lore out for a crystalline entity. Uh, it's it's a fed. It's a all. It's a finest crew in the fleet deck. But I throw Lore in there because a he's good. It's it's also an android build, and you know you do a little temporal Mike wormhole to get him into play. So I did that, and I threw the crystalline entities in because. Music two music or shields greater than 12 at a space mission is still pretty tough, especially when you've got filters and a Yo, what's the dilemma? Fast ship would be nice and you just whittle them down and you go ha ha because it kills all life on board the ship It doesn't kill the crew. Everybody dies unless they're an android or something like that That's huge. <laughs> Uh it's a combo I've hit before and I hate it. I get so angry. I'm just like very frustrating. But there's a lot of moving parts to it. Your opponent has to set it up. So if they don't, you know Shields greater than six or music, you usually have that and five points is yours. So anyway. Ah, So what happened in our game? Basically, I got frustrated near the end. Uh we were both playing very well. He had tons of guys out, I had tons of guys out. I hit a Denovan, and that pretty much hosed my final mission attempt. I had I use handshakes to draw and because I use the handshakes to discard stuff, I usually just I'm um, just, just cycle, you know, completely. Oh this is even I I ended up cycling my two isomagnetic disintegrators into my discard pile and that was that. So, when I was about, when I decked near the end of the game, I had no hope of recovery and I could not solve that last planet mission. Uh, I could go over to Liberation and solve that, but I would have only had 135 points, I think, at that point. So I said, whatever, just go. He took his turn, he ended up getting more points than me, got the mod win, and that was fine. So I, you know, two full, one full win, one mod win, one mod loss. So, you yeah, know, it's one <laughs> uh, to expect anyone to be better than just, say, uh, even even the best players in the world, they're going to get their mod wins and whatever. Unless they've brought something really, really, really broken that you need to get examined. So, uh, it was great. It was super fun to play some one-y. I was mentally drained by the end of it. I ended up sticking around to play a 2E game, and then (laughs) I uh, was late to a design meeting. Uh, But, uh, regardless, um, it was fun. You know, after playing three rounds of 1E, it is mentally draining, and I think anyone can admit to that. It was fun, though. um, And yes, the lessons to take away from this are, (laughs) I guess, always play your best. And don't handshake your isomagnetics away. Uh, some a kingdom for a Zalconian storage device, right? Or even just a rescue, or something like that. The, yes, it was super fun. So, huh, I'm the, these are I'm I'm constantly thinking about 1E and just what I can do to have more fun with it. I can always bring a continuing mission deck and have fun with it. And that's good. That's exactly what our game needs right now. But, I feel like I've, I'm have i a good player who needs to branch out and discover more. Yes, I broke the two rules that I mentioned earlier in so far as bringing something new and having fun with it by bringing the Hirogen deck. So, I brought something old I did modify it slightly, of course, and good players always tweak. Um, But I I guess I had fun, right? But to bring something that powerful to a local tournament with some guys who have been playing 1E a lot less years than I have, well, except for Eric, ironically, who has been playing since 94 but gave up 1E when 2E came out. So he may actually have been playing 1E longer than I have, which is uh, kind of a hoot. But... uh, He doesn't keep up with the game, of course, which is, you know, it's fine. That's how it goes. So, whatever. My point is, to bring something like that, everyone's going to have... Everyone's going to play 1E, but are they going to have a good time? Maybe not. Maybe they were hoping to see something creative and less brutal. So, is it okay to bring a deck like that to a local tournament? I suppose. Uh, Yeah, Uh, except when you... I see leagues. I see the San Diego league has this stream, slipstream format. That, or not slipstream. They have uh, some kind of a format they do that encourages players uh, in their pocketbook to come with a new headquarters each time. And this is 2E, right? But I think the I think the idea is kind of the same for One to Say, you know, their their idea was, let's get players to play something they haven't played before. Let's keep the variety fresh and new and encourage players to bring something different each time and if you don't bring something new you're going to pay a little bit more into our prize fund and you know so <laughs> it's only a few dollars of course but you know yeah, you want to keep it fresh and keep it fun uh, i mean i'm not I, I like to do my tournaments for free uh because i i want money to not be the factor that says oh no even if, even when it's just a couple bucks, I don't want money to be the factor that says, "Oh no, I don't. I'm not going to come. Sorry." You know, tournaments are free uh, for the most part. Uh, sometimes I charge for triples because you're going to come anyway. But money, definitely, if I'm doing money and it's not sealed, it's you know it's constructed. I want to do free tournaments from now on, just to eliminate any sort of. And and I think players would say my prize. The prizes I give away are, are fairly generous, or at least not, not here's a foil. Thanks for coming. No, I, I like to give away packs and stuff. So, I'm not, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just yeah. You know, this this is an idea for others to consider. If you want players to come, anyway. So, don't bring a horogen deck every time. I guess is what I'm trying to get. At. Or or bring a horogen deck, but do something creative. Use hunting party. Use the holograms. Use there's there's different ways to play a good affiliation, or a great affiliation. So do that. So, anyway. I think I've ranted enough about 1E4 today. Oof. We didn't stick around for tribbles, unfortunately. Couldn't get enough people to come. I do want to... Bre- <laughs> I, will, I will get a little off-topic, though. I played Star Trek Attack Wing the other night. Wow. I, um... That was fun. <laughs> and even though I got my ass handed to me, I, you know, we, we did a little deathmatch scenario where I brought or where my friend brought over to my house uh, just the, a few expansions in the starter and you pick a ship, you pick your crew and you just kind of go at it. We were just having some fun and seeing what the game was like I've got this, this Picard card that's like do a free action every turn so you move your ship you take an action and then you can combat anyone that's in your firing range one person per turn please and the you get these actions are things like extra keeping your shields up and that sort of thing and wow it was it was just pretty fun uh and then you get ganged up on and that's the end of the game for you so you know that's kind of a thing that you'd have to avoid but uh, and that's probably a problem with like not a problem with one e uh no it's not a problem with one but It was fun to just kind of a new Star Trek game that wasn't Bandai Trek. Sorry, but that Bandai deck building game is utter crap. (laughs) And uh, no offense to the playtesters, the playtesters did a great job of giving their feedback to the game. But uh, at least that's what I'm told. Uh, The the game itself was just, it's just awful. Uh, Dominion, it's, it's a Dominion ripoff and it's just not fun. Maybe sometime I'll do a, you know, contemporary 1E or contemporary Star Trek games that are out there and why I still like 1E way better than them. So, yes, I I still love 1E, but Attack Wing looks pretty cool. So, I just want to throw that out there. Anyway, ah, everyone have a fantastic week. The weekend is coming up soon. I will be to work soon. So, I'm going to go. Sorry for the yawning. Uh, If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to contact me at 267-CALL-CPJ or drop me a PM at my username, CorbinQ27, on the TrekCC message boards. Coming up on a future podcast, I would like to do a beginner's series. You're looking to get into 1E. Why not? Uh, let's, Let's do a series of podcasts that will kind of help a 2E player because that's most likely who's going to be coming into the game, either a 2E player or someone who played a long time ago who wants to get back in. How to get back into the game. All right, this is Corbin Johnson saying so long, and thanks for all the track.